Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com. Follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk our pro surfer, Brett Barley. I have a very addictive nature, honestly, so if I put my mind to something, I get pretty obsessive about it until I accomplish it. And Janine Stange, the anthem girl. Through the years of meeting people who had seen the reality of, you know, the, the phrase, freedom is not free. They lived the meaning of the national anthem. Now, here's the host of Sold Out Sports Talk, Roman Gabriel III. Brett Barley with us, Pro Surfer. Brett, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How's it going? I'm fired up. I know that we're talking to you in your hometown of Buxton, North Carolina, Cape Hatteras area where you live and where you do your thing, Pro Surfer. And uh, a lot of people that follow surfing maybe, you know, casually don't realize, you know, the surfing tradition of the Outer Banks and the surf of the Outer Banks on the Atlantic Coast. Tell me about why the waves are good there. Uh, Well, we're the closest. Cape Hatteras is the closest place to the continental shelf on the East Coast. I mean, other than when you get down towards Miami and whatnot, where it dips in real close, but, you know, they're they're protected by the Bahamas and stuff, so they don't get as much swell. So we're susceptible to over 180 degrees of swell direction, and we pretty much pick up anything. And uh, it's a, it packs a lot of power, and, yeah, we just have really good sandbars, and they set up for pretty epic days away that rival anywhere in the world. Brett Barley's with us on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. And uh, Brett, you know, uh, who who were the guys that you looked up to growing up there uh, in the Outer Banks? Uh, I, you know, just kind of looked up to the local guys. And then as I got older and, you know, seeing guys like Jesse Hines and Noah Snyder and Matt Beecham, Billy Hume and, and all them, uh, you know, making a career out of professional surfing from the Outer Banks. You know, they were kind of my heroes at the time. I was like, they can do it. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to do that. And you know, I had pro surfing as a, as a goal of mine from a very young age. And the fact that it panned out is, is really special. But uh, yeah, I mean, those guys kind of paved the way for guys like me. You know, when you talk about surfing across the country. You know, when you do talk to people about the East Coast, you just name some of the, you know, the more prolific names that really put people on the map. But there are also guys like the Hobgood brothers and even Kelly Slater that has come to your surf out there over the years, correct? Yes, for sure. I never, those guys kind of stopped coming here by the time I was at an age where I was traveling up and down the island chasing swells. Um, I only got to surf with the Hobgoods maybe once or twice, uh, and I never got to see Kelly. And then in about 2008, 2009, Corey Lopez started coming back here. Uh, and it was, it was cool getting to watch him ride the waves here. He was surfing it like no one I'd ever seen before. And so that was, 
that was really special to get to witness. Uh, you had a really cool opportunity to get with Kelly Slater and go out to his surf ranch and um, this really big deal uh, that he created basically an artificial wave that he's been working on for years and years that has now come to fruition. So tell us about that. Yeah, that was that was super awesome. Him and I have been going back and forth, uh, honestly, just through Instagram for a couple of years now because he really wants to get back up here to Hatteras and, and get some waves. But due to schedules and injuries, he hasn't you know made it for a swell yet. And him and I were just talking, and then in Hawaii I ran into him at a dinner and we were chatting about the pool and about surfing and whatnot. He mentioned that they had some openings the next week, and I was like, well, I'm heading home, and he said I could come by if I wanted. So I uh, made a pit stop in California, went and spent a day at the surf ranch before heading home, and that was super special. I got I was there with the Geiselman and a couple other guys, and, and that was really rad to get to see that place in person and get to go, you know, I mean, for now it's, mostly a test facility and from what i was told it wasn't really meant to be this big public place but because it just took off the way it did they couldn't say no to everyone i know that few people have gotten to go and surf it very very fortunate that i got to be one of them but i look forward to the public ones opening up here in the next couple years that'll be pretty epic i'm with professional surfer brett barley uh, on American Family Radio and Sold Out Sports Talk, uh, Roman Gabriel, your host. But one of the things I've realized is I've spent time around people like yourself and uh, and Noah Schneider and Jesse and, and my, my daughter, uh, Whitney, uh, has been the lifestyle thing about surfing. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing about, you know, ball sports is that it's pretty much, compl- it completely revolves around performance. And you don't really get to know the the players on a personal level at all. It's not like they're making, you know, movie parts about them playing football and stuff, unless it's a high-caliber guy that's, like, doing, you know, some big documentary. Whereas in surfing, especially nowadays with the Internet, uh, surfers are doing way more in-depth short pieces and, and kind of opening up their lifestyle and personality to the public. And you get to follow the person even just aside from – uh, their ability and yeah i feel like surfing is just so different in, in any kind of board sport skateboarding snowboarding it definitely has a different feel compared to ball sports and that's really rad i, I think it gives longevity to a lot of uh, professional athletes in the board sports area um, but you know with those sports come serious injury just like anything else all it takes is one bad fall or one bad accident to really just in your career right there. One of the epic things that they did years ago was a movie called Noah's Ark about his life and about just how these guys not only are excellent surfers, but live their life for God and, and that their faith is so important to them. Uh, talk to me about how faith plays a part in your life and, and in your family life being married at an early age at, I believe, 18. Yeah, um, I got married when I was 19. And uh, we had our first, our son when I think it was 23 or 24, 22. And, um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I came to know the Lord when I was younger. I was about 12 years old and just knew from the get-go and through ways he's revealed himself to me that I, I just never wanted to abandon him or leave him for anything. And so I, I spent a lot of time through high school, um, 
kind of alone because as we got older and some of my friends, you know, started drifting away from the Lord, uh, I still knew that, you know, putting him first was, was my goal and I didn't ever want to live a life apart from him. And, you know, it then brought me to a place where I ended up uh, forming a relationship with my now wife. And, you know, now I have two children and, and it's a place that I would never be had I not been putting him first in my life at the time. You know, I would have just been acting off my own selfish ambition, but I was just wanted to make sure I put God first and he led me to where I am now. And I definitely would not have this life that I do without him. Problem, pro surfer Brett Barley with us, and um, Brett, how difficult is it to? Um, uh, one of the things about the Christian life, when you talk to high-profile athletes like I do, is you know a balance and um, athletics, and to surf at the level you surf at uh, demands a great deal of time, effort, and commitment. Um, so, how how do you balance the travel all over the world? I mean, you've been to Iceland lately, Hawaii, California. Um, and of course, when you guys go out to shoot for a lot of these, um, people who sponsor you, they're week and 10 day trips, uh, to some of the most remote parts of the world. So how do you balance, uh, your life as a, uh, professional surfer, husband, father, uh, you know, in the community? Uh, how does that, how does that happen for you? Uh, it's definitely tough. I mean, my wife's very understanding and since surfing's my job, like, it's just totally different. It's not like I'm going on, on vacation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it takes a lot. I mean, I got to make sure that both before and after a trip, I'm, I'm dedicated to spending time with my family more than, you know, surfing or doing any computer work, catching up on editing. I need to be with them. And, and I, I'll never let anything come in the way of, um, my relationship with my family. And it, I don't know. I mean, I think, there's definitely times that are hard. This fall was really difficult because I was traveling so much. And there are trips that I like wasn't in a position to say no to, even though I didn't really desire going on them. But I mean, that's just how work is sometimes. It's, that's like the work aspect of surfing is like, you're not necessarily always doing what you want to do, even if you're having fun doing it. Um, you know, my heart is at home with my family. And so those times away from them are tough. Uh, but you know, there, my wife, we're on the same page as far as raising our kids and the way we run our family and that I have to leave to work sometimes. So I, I'm just thankful that I was, uh, I'm blessed with a woman that's so understanding and, and selfless. Brett Barley, professional surfers with us on Sold Out Sports Talk uh, here with Roman Gabriel. How important is it for you to carry on the tradition of uh, Outer Banks surfers that are pros and being that role model and, and using your platform to impact young people? Yeah, I mean, I just know I've, I've seen so many friends, that, and not just here, but other places in the world who, you know, had a lot of talent but just threw it all away through, you know, getting older and getting into partying and getting into just things that are not worth their time and that ruined their careers. And they ended up, you know, sponsorless and kind of struggling, both not just financially, but, you know, physically and spiritually. And, and I've, I've seen the downside through my travels and my time with other people that, um, you know, aren't believers. I've seen just so much negativity that comes from living apart from God. And I, I just, 
would I don't really understand the appeal to living that way, first of all, but you know, I wanna show people that it's you know, you can love the Lord and live for him and, and still do really cool things and enjoy life. You don't need to do it by throwing away what you have for, you know, girls or drugs or alcohol or whatever and partying and it's just not worth it. I see all my friends who do those things come up empty handed and feeling down and, and bummed out or, or, uh, you know, falling behind in their career. And I, you know, I'd, I'd hope that what I do and the way I live would just be an example to others that it doesn't have to be that way and that there's more out there and God is that something more. And thanks to Jesus, I'm always content regardless of where my career goes. I'm always content. Final moments with Brett Barley, professional surfer, and um, a lot, get a lot of questions from students all the time about you know what it takes to be successful. Maybe one hint that you might have for students out there about you know something that helped you become successful and get you at a young age to the level you're at today. Determination. I mean, I knew from a young age what I wanted, and I just as I went through through growing up and and into being it being my career, I just I would always analyze aspects where I was falling short and where other guys were um, excelling. And I would, you know, then take those parts that I struggled with and focus on them to improve them. And uh, I don't know. I just, I have a very addictive nature, honestly. So if I put my mind to something, I get pretty obsessive about it until I accomplish it or fix or figure it out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I, I look back at my career and I, I definitely think I could have gone actually further in surfing had I not been uh, living for the Lord because there's so many magazine connections guys had or friends connection guys had just through partying and stuff and I was always noticing that they were getting on more trips and getting more coverage but man I, I didn't care I mean I, I could care less about surfing compared to re- my relationship with Jesus and, and so I think that's the main thing is to you know, pray about it and see where God's leading you. Because in hindsight, now with my family, if I did have a more successful career than, than what I have now, that would just be more time gone and more time on the road and away from them. And that's not what I want. And that's, you know, not where the Lord has me. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be, and I'm content with that. I'm always striving for more. You know, you should never um, back off and give it less than your all if you're going to do something. But, uh, yeah, just make sure that it's where the Lord's leading you. Don't just try and do it on your own in your own strength and make your own decisions. If it's, and if it's of His will, like it's going to happen if you're looking looking for Him for direction. I love having surfers in. You guys are so unique and so interesting, and um, hope you'll come back. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today, and uh, really appreciate you, and, and good luck uh, as you continue on. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Brett Barley, professional surfer, right here on Sold Out Sports Talk. And remember, if you want to be part of our team and uh, give to our ministry, we we need the support of our listeners. Uh, You can go to soldouttv.com on our website. Check out what we do uh, as we look to reach young people uh, against drugs and alcohol, teaching them biblical principles and life skills. Again, it's soldouttv.com. Please give there to help our ministry, and we'll be right back with more on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. 
In this segment, Roman talks with the Anthem Girl, Janine Stange. Visit SoldOutTV.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at RomanGabriel3. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Uh, so Janine is here with us. Let's uh, talk some National Anthem. Janine, how are you? How are you, Roman? Thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm fabulous. i just like to know from your end, how did, how did you get, get into this in terms of singing the National Anthem in all these places? I mean, ballparks, military, uh, street corners. Tell me about where you got that passion and uh, how this came about. I think I have to credit my mom uh, for it uh, back when I was younger. Uh, she was an example, not just somebody who told me you should respect our military and those who serve and our first responders. She showed it to me. Um, When I was a kid, we had a bagel shop, and I worked as an 11-year-old kid, and I worked with them, and I always watched my mom make them feel like a million bucks. When somebody came in that she knew was serving or even a family member of somebody who had somebody who was deployed, she cared about them. And I, I don't have anybody in my family immediately except now a, a cousin who's actually uh, just became a Marine. But I didn't have anybody growing up that was like, oh, so-and-so, you know, uh, was in the war and this is what happened. I didn't have those uh, very close proximity stories. But what I did see is that uh, my family represented a, a large percentage of, of Americans who don't have somebody in the military but 100% support them. So through the years I watched her uh, show me by her actions. And then I just felt like uh, I loved singing. I always performed. And I, I felt like singing the national anthem was what I could do as my contribution um, to uh, my gratitude for our freedom. And I always purposed to sing it with all my heart. And uh, through the years, I learned you sing it the way it's supposed to be sung. It's not about you. It's about our country. It's about giving people a moment. For 90 seconds, I say this a lot, I said this on the Today Show and whatnot, 90 seconds, no matter who you voted for, no matter what team you want to win when you're sitting there in the stands or standing in the stands at that point, we are one, and there's power in that moment. We are one nation, and as long as we're agreeing on one thing, there's there's still hope, and there's um, that's what I feel about it. So it started me on saying, you know what, this is an important platform, this is something that could... Um, help people to have a dialogue that might not have otherwise existed about patriotism, about the importance of our anthem. Uh, and it and it was, you know, it was a journey that I'll never, I mean, I'm still, it's changed my life, really. This is not an easy song to sing. In fact, there are a lot of very accomplished singers out there that are uncomfortable singing the national anthem because it, it, it does take practice and a lot of work. So tell me about that and about uh, just how it is, come about in your life and, and how you've improved, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, it was all about, I, I hadn't really understood the weight of that song and the privilege it is to sing that song. And I was just like, oh, I want to show everybody how well I can sing. But I stripped that away as I started to meet people. This is, uh, you know, through the years of, of meeting people who had seen the reality of, you know, the the phrase, freedom is not free. They lived the meaning of the national anthem. And I just said, you know what? Uh, (laughs) There are other songs that I could kind of go vocal acrobats and all that on, but this one has got to be true to form. And I think uh, if you sing it the way it's supposed to be sung, and um, some people, I think, make the mistake 
I've done it a million times when I was younger, like, well, let me just start out high. <laughs> you find yourself in a, in a backed up in a corner. But if you start out correctly and you also, I do this every time. First, I pray before I sing. But I also try to, and it's very easy, actually. You find somebody in the crowd that is served and you focus on them. Oh, and wow. you kind of just, like, look at what they're doing. And it's, they're always standing at attention. They always have, they're, they're saluting. And you just wonder what's going through their mind. You know, there was a price that they paid to be able to salute while the anthem was being sung. You know, I've always wondered, Janine, um, how tough is it not to get emotional when you're in a crowd of 60,000 at a game or on an air fort, you know, at a base in front of all these guys? How how tough is it to focus and stay off the emotion for yourself? It's tough. I I sang. I'll never forget. There were two very uh, emotional times for me. One was when... um, I sang on the floor of an exchange, and this was only yards away from ground zero. And um, I was singing at a company who had lost a lot of people in the attacks. And um, it wasn't a big event. I was singing literally like in a stairwell because we had to move off the floor. And there were men, grown men, like yourself, football player-looking guys. And they um, were, as soon as I started to like the first word coming out of my mouth, they broke down and, and cried. And I just remember telling myself, like, focus, because this song has to go through to completion. You're not stopping. You're, you have to give them this moment. And um, what I really do feel is that it, it is a song that can provide healing. It is a song that, you know, it's important to kind of sit there and say, let me reflect on this. And, and it's not bad for, for these men to, to cry and go through that emotion. I think it's, it's a good it's a healing process for them. So it is tough. I've had, I've sung in the presence of Medal of Honor recipients. I've sung uh, for Gold Star families. I sang at Section 60 in Arlington Cemetery, and I was a mess before I had to, you know, move into the front to sing. I was watching, again, grown men cry. There's a Gold Star families, for those who don't know, they're somebody who has lost, their families who have lost a loved one in action in battle and uh just to see the the gravestones where you see somebody born after you and dies before you it's unfathomable and i had tears literally shooting out of my eyes and then i just said okay you know gotta go gotta gotta do this and um you know it's it's what i see i don't i don't take it lightly it's a privilege to do that and uh i don't mess around janine stang is with us uh so you can go to uh her Twitter page at The Anthem Girl or website at nationalanthemgirl.org and check out everything that she's done is absolutely amazing. You know, real quick answers because I, I want I know people have questions and I know I do. I've thought about this. Sure. Um, strangest place you've ever done the anthem? From the center of the universe in Wallace, Idaho. You could look it up. <laughs> the center of the universe, Wallace, Idaho. Okay. Okay, school program. You've got a school program. Tell me about that. Yes, it's called My American Promise Tour, and I speak about, I've realized I have so many great stories from the people that I met. I met a World War II veteran who stormed Normandy on D-Day and gave me one of the most profound yet simple definitions of what patriotism is. And um, I share that in elementary schools, and I also speak about the important ingredient. I like to say it's something you have to do, you map, M-A-P, which is called Make a Promise, and uh, I talk about the hard time I had getting through all 50 states. I didn't have a corporate sponsor. I, I had no idea how this was going to happen. I just felt in my heart it was something I had to do. 
and it really took a lot of faith and it took a lot of you know integrity to say I, I said I'm going to do this and I'm going to complete it. So I talked to uh, corporations as well as uh, older students about all that, which is a lot of fun. Well, you know what's amazing is is that, you know, I always talk to people about, you know, the importance of identifying your platform and using your platform to change people's lives. And, um, you know, when I talk to athletes and coaches and entertainers, you know, one of the things that I find out, especially those who understand country, understand faith in God, understand family, um, they know that their talents and abilities have been given by God. And, and, and yes, they make a living through that. Um, but more importantly, they're able to help others to be successful and to impact other people's lives with great meaning. And about one minute left, talk to me about that. Well, I really feel that, you know, it is a gift from God, what I do. And I always acknowledge that. And I'm always sensitive to that. And more important than anything, I always learned, if you don't have a cause, you know, if you're doing something just to seek fame, I, I always realize that, you know, any kind of recognition is a byproduct. Really what it is is your gift that God gave you is a vehicle to help people. And I always remember back when I was a kid, even in elementary school, like hearing somebody come and speak. There was a guy that came, he was a, a speaker in my chapel service, and he said, make a promise to do exploits. I didn't even know what that word meant. But that one word, I really feel, is what set me on a journey to say, I'm going to make the right choices. I'm not going to go hang out with the wrong people. I'm not going to get caught up in drugs or alcohol. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.